Alright, welcome to another episode of Not Investment Advice. If you're watching this, we're, I'm not even going to do the intros properly this week. We got Trung, Jack, and Bilal. You already know that by now. Trung is laying on a sofa right now, and we, no, we dude, got I'm Jack. Laying, I'm laying on my toddler's you bed. You laid out. <laughs> <laughs> because my toddler is closest to the Wi Fi router, and uh, the TLDR for listeners and viewers is I blew on my back on Saturday. <laughs> And, uh, have you guys ever uh, have you guys yeah. ever thrown out your back like a, i done like, neck uh, i done neck really bad once which was yeah. like laid down Similar but vibe, back yeah. and neck is just grim back is yeah, yeah you can't do you can't do anything like you know like the cliche stuff take care of your back and like when people get old they just you know people get old and they start walking and hold their lower back that's like me and like i'm not old right <laughs> i'm like and subjective uh, trunk well i got let me let me tell my uh let me tell my story quickly because I think people have a laugh. So just imagine about uh, on Saturday around 10 a.m., I uh, was with my son and literally crawling on all fours on the sidewalk of Vancouver for about 30 meters, crawling like a full grown adult with a child. That what happened? It just snap was like a snap thing. It just you just went. No, I know what happened is uh, it, it, it did snap, but I know where it came from. It uh, I, I was at the library as my kid. And you know how the, <laughs> they got the kids chairs? Yeah, yeah. So I think it was just, it was probably a decade of buildup of just being in awful posture, like sitting slumped over in your chair while you work. Uh, and then since I've had my kid, I'm always sitting in his little stools. And like being like in like uh, the squatting position, and I threw out my back like a decade ago, doing like trying to be a hero at the gym. Do you guys ever injure yourself at the gym? Oh like, yeah, oh, yeah. A yeah, few yeah. times. So Probably like, this morning, mate. To be honest, yeah. <laughs> Bro, exactly. Like, and the number one way for me to injure myself was deadlifts, because deadlifts is obviously the ones you can lift the most weight, right? It's like yeah, everybody knows that the deadlift is the one you can do the most weight on. Probably three or four times I've legit thrown out my back. And what throwing out your back entails is it's a, you either like tear your ligaments or you, or you strain the muscle. So it's like an ankle sprain, right? It's like your, your, that muscle just like is so tender, except your lower back controls everything. Everything. Yeah. You can't yeah. So do anything. Talk, talking to deadlifts, Trunk, you want to show off your belt that you're wearing right now? Oh, yeah, I'm, it looks wearing like like a, <laughs> I'm wearing like a grown man, like a, like a, like a stability belt, man. Man, I can't that's believe we're keeping the, the video for this. No, but, respect uh, for you joining. We were saying, me and Jack are like, Trunk, you don't need to do this. You can just chill this week. Well, me and I, Jack I got, got it, got but you wanted to come in. I got to the world. I got to shout out to, uh, well, they never even gave me their phone number. But if uh, Danielle and Mike, if uh, you ever, if you're listening to this, uh, very low odds that you are. But uh, those were the two individuals uh, that helped me make sure me and my kid could get to the car. They actually drove my car around to where I was. I was 30 Damn, meters right. away from the car, and I'm like, I can't even make it. They're like, we're just going to drive the car. That's a you. long crawl. You'd be looking like um, yes. our boy Leo in, <laughs> in uh, the Wolf of Wall Street, yeah, yeah, just yeah. crawling through. Yeah, um, dude, All right, so that was a big week in Trunks World. Jack also had a bit of a big week. Uh, Jack, I don't know what you wanted to share, but um, real quick one for the NIA crew. Baby number two, welcome to the world. Hey. There we go. 
smashing Yo, it. Yo, Antonio to do the celebratory like <laughs> balloons and stuff. <laughs> oh, yeah. iMessage thing. Yeah, yeah. Only oh. yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. Well, congrats, mate. Hope you guys are doing well. And that was why, yeah, obviously you couldn't join last week. Understandably, we was surprised you were even able to join this week because I'm sure you've well, been. Well, let's let's uh, let's give a special shout out to. Well, first of all, shout out to Celia, who, if she has time to listen, congratulations. Uh, I know that the mums do all the hard work. That's what my wife reminds me of facts, all the time. Just facts. So, <laughs> so uh, and the other thing that listeners and viewers might uh, have uh, noticed is Jack ain't taking a break. This dude has been oh, on Twitter. There yeah. we go. Not just on Twitter. <laughs> that is the best segue ever because we're going to talk about what Jack did in last week, your NFT project. We thought there's a bear market, but Jack is single-handedly bringing the nft market back into life man so we're going to talk about jack's checks project uh that was very very successful not just in terms of volume and people getting involved but just yeah it's a really cool concept and what you did so we want to talk about that we're also going to talk about ces was just this week so we're going to get some vegas stories in but also talk about the best pro uh breast best <laughs> said breast the best Vegas, products that have come out of the Freudian Bla, slip have, there was strong there you go Bla, have you been to CES? Uh, do you know what? I actually haven't been to CES I've been to Vegas a few times but not CES you, I always skipped it you no, always, I never, no I've never been to CES dude no. uh, Bla, you'll love this I went to CES because of my buddy worked, my friend worked at Google and she's like we got a room at the wind. Like, Annie, you should come down. Just take oh, the room. Nice. I'll never be there. Like, here's some passes. So anyway, was, it, was it for the that. conference or was it like a... Yeah, um, it was for the whole thing. That was a 20... I want to say 2018. Oh, I might have been at the same one, man. That's crazy. Yeah, bro. Oh, no, actually, sorry. 2018, I'd gone. I'd been gone by then. But yeah, we're going to... We'll bring that back up, the Vegas stories, because I know Jack's got some old Vegas stories in there too. Trung might have some stories that he's not even able to tell, but we'll, we'll get it out of him. Um, and then we'll see if we get to the last one. We might want to talk about Microsoft and OpenAI. We'll see uh, yeah, we'll, if we'll, there's we'll, room we'll for that. We'll definitely touch on that. At a minimum, we'll, uh, we, should, we should give another shout out to Satya Nadella. Just, man, <laughs> just this guy. bodying people right now. Just, <laughs> just, just putting out there. <laughs> He's just Dude, turning I can't up, man. Laugh. It's hurting yeah. my back, man. <laughs> All right, so all right, so we'll we'll get we'll get to that in a bit. But Jack, why don't we just start off because we we just talked about you having a big week. I think in the text, I can't remember the exact phrase you said, but if I feel like this brings the best out of you, at like you know, I don't want to say tough times, but you know, high stress times. Yeah, yeah. You just go turbo mode. So, what was the concept for the checks project, and uh, how did it go, man? Sure. So, it's it's. Yeah, there's something about, I think, I don't know, maybe your responsibility increasing exponentially gets <laughs> yeah, you thinking yeah. creatively. But so last week, I can't remember the day, it's probably four or five days ago now, I had this idea, I was sitting at the, I was sitting having breakfast at home. And I mean, a lot of the stuff that we've spoken about on the pod in the last year, and the like, Twitter being such a pillar of the business that I've been working on for the last three years, all of these changes that are happening with Twitter, all of the obviously NFT, um, like the culture around NFTs and the way that people's perception of NFTs are changing. There's just all this stacked context that led me to this idea, which uh, I'll pull up the visual here, which was a um, an open edition NFT that I published, which basically means 
the supply is unlimited and you can set a amount of time. So I set this to a 24 hour window, minted this piece and visually I've, I've got a whole thread here. Maybe we can throw it in the, in the notes, but there's some inspiration from some very well-known legacy in inverted commas artists here. And it's a play on this idea of, and I noticed that Trunk switched his, his checkmark recently from the, this person, you know, the, this is a legacy checkmark. This, this may or not be notable to Twitter Blue. So basically a commentary on this idea of being able to purchase status. What does it mean? Who determines who is notable and who isn't, et cetera, et cetera. So it's meant to begin life as just this commentary on that idea. And, um, 16,000 copies of it were minted by about 2,500 people, I think. Something like Crazy. that. That's wild, man. Like, what were you, how many were you expecting? Uh, well, here, let's give the contact. We're in an absolute NFT bear market, right? I would say this open edition, like meta or this kind of, there's been a few successful versions of this in the last few weeks because of the state of the market, right? The $500,000 NFT is not in vogue anymore. They're not moving in the volumes or at the frequency they were when we started talking about all this stuff. So this is kind of similar to the way that I think, you know, the 10,000 profile picture template was just, it just kind of exploded after you see a successful version of it with Bored Apes probably being the best example of one that reached like mass, um, distribution and then two three months later all of these copycat things come out with the same mechanic this open edition thing is kind of being it's in its nascent stages of exploration like marketplaces are shipping these features that let you create open editions and go like lower price point higher volume right so what, not, can you explain what is open and what does that mean open edition so an open edition is a it's, a, it's an nft in the same way that a board ape is an NFT and in the collection is extendable to uh, the number of tokens that people volunteer to mint as opposed to you presetting the amount oh, of tokens. Okay. So you said you had 16,000 from 2,500 people? Strong doing some yes. quick math there. I see that. <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. So, but now, what? What is there a time period where you can stop? Like, no more minting can happen after yeah. X time? So that was in 24 hours. They sold. It, oh, that many in okay. 24 hours that's and then the mint insane, man. Dude, incredible that's incredible man and then the the secondary market takes over right so you buy them for a fixed price and an open edition and they were eight dollars each because of the check mark pricing so it's a play on on that idea and then the secondary market they trade beyond that um, what do you get sorry, on the secondary trade if someone opts into royalties 10 percent on each but people can opt, opt out no, I'm saying on the transaction side, when people buy, they can opt oh, in or out of paying royalties. Okay. Oh, I thought okay, automatically it just goes to you for that. Okay, got okay. it. Eight times 16,000, is this correct? <laughs> Eight times 16,000? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me yeah, switch I thought you were going to say the answer, to, uh, yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> I got to switch that view. You did sorry. 128 grand. <laughs> well, the marketplace takes 5%. Okay, well, Peter, you made over, you did, okay, for long time NIE listeners, Remember, episode zero of this Whoa. show is Jack talking about 
his one of his NFT. I was going to bring that up. Here we go. NFTs explained. Classic. Yeah. This is what kicked it all off, right, Jack? I think this was your this first was, one. No, or this one was of probably, the first one. This is a few, yeah, a few few weeks into me playing around. But this and was, this was I think, sorry, 70, it was yeah? first one we spoke about. Sorry, because I think it was on episode zero or one. Yeah. Of NA. Before that one. Yeah, so that was massive. Dude, and you, you're going into yeah. it not really knowing what that would be. But again, this was the height or, or at least the beginning part of the NFT craze, well, right? Like, you know what? You know what? A good stat on that one. That one sold on the highest volume of NFT sales ever. That day was the most. Damn. I don't know if that's still true, but at the time, that was the highest volume wow. of sales on chain ever so that so, was indefinitely indicative of a moment in time right wait hold on just to rewind here <laughs> jack sold uh, that picture that Bilal just put on the highest volume day basically before the kickoff and then he bought a bunch of board apes he sold a bunch of board apes after going to nft nyc and be like this is the top and then now at what may or may not be the nadir the bottom He's back in the game and maybe kicking off the next bull run. Greatest NFT trader ever. I mean that. I mean, create you creating too. To be fair, not. I mean the the flip was definitely board ape, which was amazing. But no, I mean respect. The the cool thing here is like that first one sold for wherever it was. I can't remember the amount. You just said it, but a lot of money. But that was one person buying it, right? Yes. This is sixteen thousand editions of it from several thousand people yeah, buying amazing. it. amazing. For eight dollars. It's very different for someone spending a mm -hmm. hundred grand on one. And and by the way, this is probably very obvious, but the eight dollars is because of the verified cost, right? So mm -hmm. uh, and now yeah, fame verified. thing, Twitter verified. Yeah, for anyone who didn't get that from earlier. Um, and so yeah, and then also Jack, I'm just curious on the visual. Again, seems obvious to maybe me, but could you talk through the actual visual a little bit? Yeah, sure. So it's eighty check marks in a perfect grid, and they're every single check mark is a different color so again a nod to like this idea of what color is the check mark did you buy it are you a business are you this is this art if you probably have seen damien hurst dots heavily inspired by that idea of these composed dots that live on different canvases at different sizes and uh it's just kind of merging all these themes together and then um basically the i had no idea how the edition was going to go right 10 people could have bought it and based on the volume of it, decided to turn it into something else, like continue to develop the concept, make it a more interactive experience. Oh, that's interesting. So you can still, I did not realize that you could keep layering things on top of it. Like what yeah, did you so, layer on top? So, so my initial idea, if I can share my screen again, I'll try and do this with considering people are listening to. So I explained it in this thread, like that image that we just looked up, that was kind of the genesis of it, right? Playing with this idea of what an NFT is, because that really is indicative of what it is. It's a social contract, right? It's, it's, this is valuable because the social um, connections around it are valuable and have been validated by X amount of people. Um, and my first idea was to kind of take these 16,000 tokens and have a game on chain where you would compete for status basically so you would be able to burn so destroy the token that you bought as an addition and get in exchange we would split the canvas up into 80 parts and only 80 people could then own the one of one tokens that were single check marks does that make sense 
Got it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah, so, so, you, so you burn a thousand of them and you get one check mark in exchange. So we're trying to reduce the supply of the original editions and create a, a secondary collection that represents like people's chase for status. How, how's that been going? Have people been doing it? So we didn't build this. This is like, I've got like probably a 60. That was the original idea, saying. I got like a 60 tweet thread here, right? So I've gone through and tried to iterate this whole thing in public. So this is my first idea. Here's why I don't think it's a good idea. Here's like why I'm changing it, blah, blah, blah. So I've got probably 60 threads, here, 60 tweets here that explain the thinking. So we went from that idea to like, okay, I got feedback from a few people and they're like, yeah, that's cool. But the 81st person is going to burn all their stuff and get nothing right that's and that's not really the best experience but the artistic statement is cool right it's like destroy all of this work and that become the art becomes the commentary on the whole idea so i won't labor every point in here but i continue to develop it to the point where here's a mechanic where you burn a combination of so the first part of it you can burn your identical edition for a completely unique new original. That's going to be the first mechanic. So everybody's looks the same right now, but we're going to build this thing where you can burn the one you bought. You can see it in this video here for a completely original version. You guys see that? Yeah. And then beyond that, this is going to be hard to explain, but I got a visual in this tweet thread. You need two 80s, you burn two 80s, you get a 40. You burn two 40s, you get a 20. You burn two 20s, you get a 10. You burn two 10s, you get a five. You burn two fours, you get a one. And that's based on this idea called a semi-perfect number, which Trung, you might enjoy this. It's the, a combination of, so a semi-perfect number is a number that can be reached by adding up a number of perfect divisors. Make sense? I got another visual for that somewhere here. So 80 is divisible by 40, 20, 10, 5, 4, and 1. Uh, and yeah. If you okay. add all of those together, you get 80. Make sense? That's mm. a semi-perfect number right there. That's what they, yeah, semi-perfect. Yeah, yeah, you knew that. That's the CFA no, module I, I, one, I, I, right? I did not know that. Uh, wait, <laughs> Week yeah. one. Wait, question. Uh, so you, this was way more successful than you even imagined, right? I think, yeah, I think so. I mean, I had no idea what to expect. I think um, the network effect that comes off the back of 16,000 of them is obviously so much more significant than 100 or so. And I almost think of it like, a, it's like product market fit kind of, you know, you get distribution, you get interest in a piece of work. It's like art as an idea. And then you have an opportunity to iterate based on the fact that the first component of this thing has been validated. Does it make sense? Man, dude, unreal. Just dude, nothing incredible will, work, nothing man. Will, nothing will put hair in your balls more than having the second kid, man. <laughs> You're just like, oh my goodness, man. Jack's just looking at that private school education, another <laughs> mouth to feed. Yo, dude, congrats, man. No, that's legit, man. No, no, it's, it's the full circle, man. You started with making stuff, then you bought some board apes. You kept making them throughout but this is a very different environment. And so beyond just the success of it financially, which is obviously a good thing, it's just like a really cool commentary on, on everything going on, which is kind of consistent with what you've been doing throughout anyway. But yeah, we yeah very a, different to the last one. Yeah, um, I will 
for anybody interested, go check out this thread. I would explain the rest of it, but it is kind of, there's a lot of mechanics that go into it that ultimately like the game is going to start when we deploy this next part. So it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. Like the art is going to be basically a artifact of the behavior around the collection. It right. will it will represent how far people wanted to take this thing. So maybe people take the 16,000, make 16,000 originals and we we're done, right? That could be one outcome. The other outcome is to get these black check marks at the bottom here. You have to burn 4,000 pieces of the original collection. Jack, so, will you have an economic interest in uh, any of these future game mechanics? Uh, I just have, I, I bought on the secondary. I forgot to cre like hold any tokens myself idiotically. So I bought some on the secondary and um, any royalties that come from the secondary market trading. So just literally good people thinking, you know what? I'm enjoying this. I'm going to kick back some to Jack. Facts. All right. All right. Yeah. Beautiful, man. Yeah. So Killed it, uh, mate. I That's appreciate good to it, see, boys. Man. Yeah, yeah really a good cool. Time. We'll Yo, share that uh, link in the show notes because it is a... I had it saved. It was the the one you said transparency time, yeah? That's it. Was that the first tweet? Yeah, okay. We'll share that out Hold as well. Quick question. Is, uh, is my audio trash? No. Okay. Right, you sound okay. all right, man. Yeah. All right. Um, Bilal been good. telling me that the uh, iPhone mic is better than AirPods for recording. That normally is. Yeah, try the, Air the AirPod ones sound like you're swimming in water or something. <laughs> Get the, oh, yeah. the wired Apple ones are good though, right? The ones yeah, out they're the box, pretty decent too. Yeah, decent. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Uh, but the AirPods are just terrible for sound for some reason. Yo, but guys, anyway. hold on a second. Uh, Jack, do you have anything else to share? No. Okay, beautiful. Because I, I, I didn't want us to forget this. And I know we talked about it in the group chat. I want to give a shout out to... Alina uh, Dimitrova, right? Uh, we got this in uh, the NIA DMs. And just a special shout out for uh, somebody that stands NIA. Uh, Alina uh, has a podcast called 20 something. And uh, I guess you guys uh, go all check that out. But uh, appreciate the shout out on that. that yeah, she gave us a shout out as her favorite podcast. I listened to that segment, it was very cool to hear. She says she listens since episode zero, so OG Jeez. fan yeah. oh, killing the game. Shout out to, to my homie Chris Tran from old Vietnam days. Yes. Gives a real nice shout out on LinkedIn. Man, that yeah, was beautiful. Yeah. I almost yeah. sent that screenshot to my parents, man. Because yeah. they, uh, <laughs> they were asking me, what the hell are you doing on that? Man. I was putting out on my CV, man. Yeah. Yeah. For real. Chris, appreciate you, bro. Uh, yeah, amazing. no, that was good. Thank you for everyone always sharing, sharing yeah. uh, NA with their friends and, and people, man. Um, all right, so Jack, that was great on the nft side just to wrap that up the last thing you did want to also talk about twitter image aspect ratio oh, yeah, yeah, i yeah. think it's related because you're talking about visuals on social so i think it's probably a quick one but what the hell happened did they, they so one one to one ratio is square right yeah correct and, and so I think, is that changed is that yes yeah, so i was just scrolling along this morning like pull my refresh the timeline and then I, all the images are letterboxed again i'm like oh must be, you know, something's up on my app. I close the app, open it up again. I'm pretty sure that is an executive decision to, one, reduce the amount of real estate that these image tweets are taking up so you can bump, pump more ads in between them. That would be my guess. There's and a two, lot of ads on there, yeah. And two, the vi they're not going to crop video, right? Because it's like, it, it doesn't, it's very hard, hard to, to see crop, what's going yeah. on. And... Uh, that to me is like a behavioral nudge towards we're going to reward video creators. 
Mm, oh, wait, say more. So, Jack, I'm scrolling right now, and what you're saying is that they're like images. They're capping, are... the, height. They're capping the height of the images and cropping them into a, a rectangle. Are they? Are you not seeing it on yours? Maybe I got a new app built. You might be getting that A-B test going or something. Yeah, they, it could I, be. I fully, I fully get uh, why they would uh, uh, yeah, incentivize video. Uh, that makes a lot of sense. And for me, like I've created a thousand pieces of work in a square crop that just with one software update, it completely changes the framing of all of that stuff. So it's just a good reminder that these platforms, the way they choose to display your work and like more broadly for NFTs, right? Every marketplace uses a one of one, uh, that one to one ratio in their listings. Like all NFTs are square for the most part as a function of the way marketplaces display them in the same way that like TikTok or Snapchat changed the, or informed like the height vertical. Of, of content. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, for vertical. Well, it's interesting cause yeah, even on, like the ad side and content side, you normally square, the square ratio, like the one-to-one -one ratio is kind of the safest one normally. Like it right. kind of works across the board. And there's some, pla even on a vertical like story, it will kind of crop. And so it's not perfect, but you're still showing up. You're not getting cut off. And so, yeah, I, I, I didn't really see that in my feed either, but I wonder if, if that is the, the case. On the, on the mobile only, I've noticed it, Bilal. So got I don't it, know if you're looking it. on the- on No, no, yeah, so. I'm on my desktop, yeah, so. I wouldn't be shocked at all if they're, Cause they just released uh, for uh, blue, like you upload up to an hour for video. Uh, I should wow, probably we could start getting these should, on there. We should test yeah. that out. Yeah, we should just throw yeah. it up and we- You know what, I'll upload last week's cause it was almost exactly an hour. Uh, oh yeah, that's yeah. perfect. Yeah, we'll, we'll do that. Let's try it out. All right, um, so let's move on to see- By the way, yes. can I just say one oh, more on. thing on about yeah, that? Yeah, go for it. The, um, the thing that I think will be cool about that as well, the video feature is the clipping I think they're trying to do on YouTube, you know, where it's like user clipped. Yeah. I think it could also be quite bad. Like it's going to be like the quote tweet dunk, you know, like the taken oh, out of context oh, five yeah, seconds yeah, yeah. of video. So let's put the eternal disclaimer out here now for NIA. If you like cut a three or four second clip of any of us on any of these episodes, it could We're make us canceled. look like complete idiots. Yeah. yeah, we do that ourselves anyway. Don't worry yeah, about yeah. the clip here, yeah, but you're right. But, you're the, right. but the idea of like building that into an inherently social network and having the like original and the ability to, to splinter and connect and see the where it's from to the mean. source. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. I think that's really where the like, high level players is like YouTube has kind of obviously dominated long form content, but it doesn't have that same social quality and they're trying to catch up. I've got emails from them the last few weeks, like secure your username on YouTube and do Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's not the same, right? It's like, you, it's not a like. It doesn't feel like a social network the same way like correct. Instagram, TikTok like does, right? Twitter needs to add like on each of our profiles, the catalog of like all the videos we've done, right? Right. That needs right. to like, they need to have that archival element. But if they have that, it'll be easier for them to add that in my estimation than YouTube to add the social element. Right, agreed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They've got like, they've got a better social infrastructure than YouTube, right? This is gonna be like the recommendation thing on YouTube is probably a decade ahead of them, but the like the base layer foundational social graph on Twitter is probably stronger. Yeah, well, the other thing is, I think on the video side, I'd be interested to see how it does because an hour is amazing. They're letting people upload that. But I think 
most people aren't sitting for yeah, an hour watching a video. An hour on Twitter, like that just is not what you. Yeah, so I feel like it's picture in picture, like yeah, that, that probably, oh, yeah, you're right on iPhone, you can do that. But I think just if they added background play for that, and basically had a place for people to just upload and like uh, that would be a podcast for, listener, right? Like, yeah, and that's, he'd be the greatest podcast player ever, man. Like I already use spaces sometimes where you listen in the background, right? Yeah, the yeah, same you're thing. right. It's yeah, the yeah, background. Yeah, yeah. You're right. So maybe that maybe that works. We should test it out and maybe see, they, see hey, how it goes. Maybe they come for Spotify as well. Put your whole music catalog on there. Yeah. Why not? Exactly. That's and true. you remember like that's the true. old school MSN Messenger with the with the plugin where it's like I'm listening to this. On oh Winamp, man, which that's, we were chatting yeah, yeah, about yeah, just yeah, before back we got in the day. That's the old, like MySpace and all of that stuff is like the connectivity between like oh, the media yeah, you're yeah. consuming and stuff. And I think maybe we've moved away from that now where it's like so highly curated, like the, you know, you would want to project, like, I don't think most people would publish their music listening history 100% top do, to bottom. Do you remember like on, you know, on Spotify, they've got it on the right hand side on like yeah, desktop. Yeah, yeah. And then so many people didn't realize that they're sharing the music. <laughs> so I'm like, it's calling my boy up. Like, yo, I didn't know you like Spice Girl so yeah, much, yeah, man. What's yeah, going yeah. on? Yo, bro, you've been hitting that Shania. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. I mean, this, that's pop music, man. It's like everybody's listening to it, but nobody tells anybody that they're listening oh, yeah, to it. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. I, I, I gladly, one of my nicknames, Top 40 Fan. <laughs> you got so like, many bro, nicknames. Bandwagon, right? <laughs> Yeah, fan wagon. <laughs> like, you know when the Ariana Grande uh, uh, single drops. Like, I, I got that on. <laughs> you got a notification Respect. on. Man. Yeah, 100%. 100%. Respect. All right. Well, yeah, so let's talk a little bit about CES. Um, Consumer well, actually, electronic show. Yeah, so for people who don't know what it is, Trunk, do you want to explain what CES is generally? Yeah, I'll, uh, I'll drop a little note on CES. It's a, at a minimum, even if you don't know what CES is, there's like a hundred percent chance you've seen coverage of it. And the reason is I'll give you guys some numbers. So this is a bit older. So this is 2017, uh, probably similar to 2023 actually, because, uh, last year, 2021 was, uh, uh no CES cause of COVID 2022, uh, they had 40,000 people, which is significantly less than the average. Like the average you'd have in the 2010s is like 180 to 200,000 people went to CES. Think about that. 180 to 200,000 people. <sighs> Conference business is just Vegas. nuts, man. It, so it's, think about that. 180 to 200,000 people showed up to Las Vegas. 4,000 companies. They take over the entire city. It's like, I think CES by far, well, everything I've read and my few things that are as symbiotic with Las Vegas than uh, CES, which is the consuming like fun show. <laughs> For Las Vegas. <laughs> Sorry, I was <laughs> Why are you laughing? Right, they probably you... wouldn't make it on the, what's that, Family Fortunes board where yeah. they have like, what, five yeah. things? <laughs> yeah, 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 the well, five things, yeah. <laughs> if it's up there, no, I'll I give you the money myself. I was cracked. <laughs> the reason I started, I didn't actually see what my face looked like there, but I started remembering that I accidentally said breast earlier. That's what oh, I was cracking up. Someone's going to clip that for me. Yeah, right. So, so that's just the size and scale of it. So this year they actually got 140,000 people there, which was like, I mean, pretty close to pre-COVID. Yeah. So they're really happy about it. And it's, it's estimated in the mid 2010s that the economic impact of CES on the city of Las Vegas. So not even like the event itself, but on the city of Las Vegas, bars, restaurants, hotels, 
uh, for Bilal strip clubs. It's uh, it's uh, two hundred <laughs> to three hundred million dollars. Think about That's that. That's wild. What in like a weekend? A week? In a, basically? Like I think it's a three to five On day those event. Green Amexes, That's man. Wild. Yeah. Just getting insane. Yeah. <laughs> green Amex. You're going down oh there with God. your corporate cards. Everybody, you're going for some from hot wings <laughs> yes, during the day at the strip club. Jesus so, Christ! Uh, I'll give you a little bit more background on it. Is uh, so that's just the size of it. Here's a bit more history on it. It was started in 1967. It's run by the Consumer Technology Association. It's a it's a trade organization uh, with uh, today it's now 1,400 consumer tech companies. But like CES has a super long history. It was started in 1967. Um, but much smaller back then, which probably isn't a surprise, because back in the day when you went to CES, it legit was just like a consumer hardware company, I mean, a consumer hardware show. And like, what did you have in 67? You had 100 companies versus 4,000, and you had 20,000 attendees versus 200,000. I mean, still yeah. a lot of attendees, yeah. right? But like, I'll give you an idea of what was being released in the 70s. So 1970, now you had the VCR, was that CES? 1979, you had Atari. 1981, you had CDs. This is a big one. 1985, you had the Nintendo Entertainment System. Sick. Yo, but this one is this was the most controversial CES that I saw. 1991, this one's a beauty. I did, I did not know this, so you guys might not have known this either. In 1991, Nintendo and Sony, so Sony makes the PlayStation. Nintendo and Sony had collaborated on making a Nintendo PlayStation. And they were going to launch a Nintendo that took a what? CD, a disc. I had no idea this was yeah, a thing. Yeah, I had no what? idea, but here's what happened. It was mad drama. The day that they made the announcement that there's a Nintendo PlayStation, so Sony and Nintendo make this announcement, the next day, Nintendo goes, oh, by the way, we're canceling our arrangement with Sony. They want too many royalties, so they're out. We're bringing in Philips. And then Sony went on to make the PlayStation, which is the wow. most successful console oh, ever wow. now. Dude, it's like so the crazy. Yahoo, Yahoo vibes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then a couple other things that were released there is uh, Apple Newton in 93, uh, Blu-ray 2004. But like, so it's historically a very important event. And as we talked about, everybody It's where you in. break. It's like normally where Big a lot PR. of the new stuff yeah. is dem demoed, exactly. people break it. But like, the thing is like, it's gone to a point though where like Apple is not launching the iPhone there anymore, right? They're not launching the VR headset. Like the most important consumer electronic company is not doing their stuff there anymore. But like to your point, blah, blah, you're way, you're super corporate. Same with uh, Jack back in the days. Like there are just some events. Like, can you guys like give us yeah, the yeah. equivalent of you some events? You just go there. Where, yeah, and so that, that's what I was going to say. I got invited to go most years for work related stuff to go. Everyone's like, oh, you're going. We can meet each other and do all this stuff. And after a while, I was like, you, you, there's basically that South by Southwest is the other one where oh, everyone yeah, yeah. goes. It's like that, right? It's like that. So, yeah, for, for ads, for you guys, Yeah, 100%. Like, exactly. you just have to be there, right? It's just, it's like. Yeah, it's a good way to like meet lots of people at once and kind of get to expense the whole trip somewhere fun and, you know, basically totally. get to be there for you a know, few days. There's this site, I'll have to look it up, but it's like all the conferences in Vegas and you can look it up like chronologically and there's like rivet conferences, Fact. curtain conferences, just like Dude, the most I obscure, went to a dental crazy. conference once. Like, yeah, yeah, Did yeah. we ever talk about this? Wait. Nah. 
dude, this is the wildest crit. I mean, I've been a few times for like, actual fun, but imagine me and my boy Anthony and my old team. This is at Charity Water. And one of our big brand partners, we had all these like sexy ones, right? Like everyone knows the name, but one of the biggest ones is called Smile Gen, and they're like a billion dollar dental company. So just like think Invisal they raise. Are you like Invisalign? No, they they like have physical, you know, dental offices all over okay. America. Okay. And yeah, you know, really cool business, privately owned, I think. And uh, yeah, just absolutely smashing it. But long story short, they were one of our biggest partners. So we went there to spread the word because they've, they about Charity Water because all of the dentist owners essentially are like business owners and they're like franchisees equivalent. And so we go and our job is to go and like evangelize Charity Water to like <laughs> thousands of people who then go and raise millions of dollars for Charity Water, which was kind of an interesting thing. But the best thing that happened in this thing, right? 11 a.m. everyone's like wide awake just been like getting shouted out about like Invisalign and all the latest in dental stuff and then Pitbull turns up on stage and we're like what is Pitbull doing at a dental conference man and he's just out comes out gives a motivational speech man, and then Mr. 20 minutes Mr. Worldwide 20 minutes later the lights go down music pops off crazy like dances going on in the background and people just raving it out 11 a.m. And dentists don't play around, man. They really go Dude, hard. So pretty weird got, experience. Because they got that loot and the job is so like <laughs> yeah, isolating, right? Exactly. I knew I knew a family of yeah. Indian dentists. They dropped a seven like a, a seven figure wedding in Lake Como, right? Like this is how they go. They go yeah, all not this messing around. Um that's hilarious, bro. But uh Dude, so, I'm uh, the my, my favorite line he said was you got to turn a negative into a positive and then it just drops, you know, whatever the tune, the big Pitbull tune is. But yeah, he's a legend. Sorry, did I, was it Pitbull I just said? Or yeah, am I yeah. getting confused? Yeah, Pitbull, sorry. All right, Mr. Worldwide. Well, dude, this is, a, I love that you brought that up because this is something we wanted to talk about. It's like the idea of Las Vegas as the, like conventions in Las Vegas just hand in hand, right? It's just, the guy that runs CS Lost Logistics is like, we couldn't do this anywhere else. They did for a couple of, they actually had two shows a year. They had one in Chicago and then it was like a winter time uh, uh, or summer. I can't remember, but like uh, the whole point being like, if you're throwing a place where you need 200,000 people to roll in, like you're not going to beat Las Vegas, man. Yeah, yeah. And you need it to be somewhere that's fun enough open 24 hours a day exactly. there's massive rooms to do that conference stuff during the day and then you know basically go to casinos well, let's and talk about all the some other of the stuff numbers actually you mentioned uh, uh here's some rough uh, numbers for ces like how th their financials so th let's say you have four thousand companies come uh each booth costs between five to ten thousand dollars so you do the quick math on that man could actually somebody do the math on that what's ten thousand i was gonna say oh, i'm not doing 5, quick math on that times uh four thousand <laughs> 4,000 5, people times $5,000. 4,000 people? Yeah, $20 million, 20 million. You say 4,000 people or 40,000? 4,000 companies. Yeah, yeah that's, 20 million. that's 20 million just alone. Okay, 5,000 is going to be the cheapest booth, though. Yeah, though, yeah, yeah exactly. Far. And then you have 200,000 people and the pass is like whatever, 100 bucks. So then yeah. that's another whatever, right? That's another 20 to 30. And, and yeah, then you 20. have huge spot, like Google's going to spend 5 million for their- Yeah, they do the like activations right? and all so that crazy stuff. So I bet it'll stuff. be a 50 to 100 mil for sure in uh, in, in revenue for CES. Obviously it costs oh, yeah. a shit ton, but uh, let me just give my quick, uh, before Bilal runs through the list of, uh, of, uh, Product. of the ones this year, let me give my quick uh, rundown when I see CES. So this is my take is like, 
I wasn't selling anything. And I read about a lot of the criticisms of it from like the people that go, uh, the people that set up booths. And then we kind of discussed, like, you just have to be there, right? And, uh, but the reality is, if you're setting up a booth next to 4,000 other booths and you're paying 5K, do you know how hard it is to stand out? Yeah, it just, it's way too big, right? I remember I went there and I, after two hours of walking in one of the centers, I'm, I'm done. It was too much. It was just yeah, so Not to mention everybody's hung over and not really trying to meet anybody in that yeah. context anyway. It's like a big lot for a piss up, right? It's like a, it's like a huge, <laughs> yeah. huge excuse. Totally. Like, yeah. like adulthood, man. Yeah. Yeah. There's, like a, yeah. there's a whole area of like, there's one whole like, but I was talking about the $10 million Google activations. Those are sexy. But then 99% of the convention is like, it's like people selling wires from Shenzhen, right? Yeah. It's like, it's like thousands of booths all selling the same wires from like Southeastern China and like, yeah, yeah. and or India or Vietnam. And, and they're obviously nothing against these uh, uh, vendors. They got to do their job, but I'm even sure they're pretty frustrated by it because it's hard to stand out. You have to be there, but I guess it's worth it. You got to lock in one thing, right? You lock, lock in one customer, but uh, yeah, man, it was. Well, that, uh, that's what I was going to say, Trung though, is, the interesting thing is it is annoying for everyone and when you've done the booth stuff it's like so tiring and all that but the truth is for a lot of these businesses they get one big customer in, on like a b2b uh, yeah. scale it like pays for pays the whole for thing it, yeah. Yeah, and like enough. you said it's that kind of defensive thing like if i'm not there my competitor is it's kind of like google ads on your brand yeah. term like yeah, 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 yeah. you're like <laughs> and, if i'm and, not advertising my competitor is so you gotta be there you know and the booth like this is a really cynical view of it, boys. So forgive me. And if anyone listened to this is a conference zealot and disagrees with me, please <laughs> elaborate in the comments. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But a lot of this stuff is like, it's great that it takes place in Vegas. It's like, oh, let's go get dinner after this. And the person you like hanging out with the most is the person you buy the wires from, basically. That's how the world yeah. functions. No, oh, that's 100% true. It's like, oh, we're going to go get some Wagyu here and then we're going to go and do this and then we're going to go and, you know, Blast an AK-47 into a side yeah. of a school bus or whatever. <laughs> yeah, an yeah. empty school bus. You yeah, know, wait, the, yeah, I was going to say yeah, that. That's stuff they do in bus. Vegas. Yeah, I know what you're saying. I know you're saying. Uh, man. No, you're right. No, that's but that, a, that's, that's, that's the that's game, that right? That's business. That, and, that, and that's the thing. I think a lot of people in tech, especially, like the purists are like, oh, I create a product and I just get it out there. The whole world likes it. But you forget that like so many of these businesses are like manufacturing. Even like in our business was like sales, right? So a lot of it is just FaceTime. So if belly you're there with belly, them, man. belly to belly yeah. sales, exactly. <laughs> and if you're not there with them, like your competitor is taking them out for that Wagyu, right? And like that's, it is, it is uh, no, actually, it's a thing. Let me, let me give you guys one more number that uh, will blow you away. So in 2017, there are eight, there are 7,500 journalists, 7,500 journalists on the ground that wrote 60,000 reports. So like to your point is like, if you like, how much would you pay to have journalist access? Right. So like that, dude, what a great business. It's a fantastic business, man. I'm glad that it came back this year. Like, I'm glad. Kind of like the yeah. niche ones, like. Go, go on, Jack, go on. I was just going to say, it's like adjacent to this thing that I thought was like an incredible business, which is like inventing um, uh, certification stuff. You know, where it's like, like this, a building CFA. Is, this building is lead certified. You know, whatever, yeah, yeah. The, whatever the acronym Bro. is. Where it's like, yeah, we made yeah, up yeah. this list and it costs you 90 grand to get the Jack, audit done. we need to do this. We're, we're going to do this next week. That industry, the certification industry, I've looked into it. 
It is massive. It's yeah. run by three opaque companies wow. that have been around for 100 plus years. It's We're one of them Forbes 30 yeah, under yeah, 30. Yeah, 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 is that one of them? Yeah. <laughs> but no, no, you're right. There's there's a lot of those lists. That, I mean, I saw someone, I forgot who posted it, but someone was posting a DM they got from someone trying to pitch them to get on one of these lists or something recently. And it's just, yeah, I mean, a lot of it is just, you know, it helps you out if you're like 24-year-old trying to raise money from VCs and you've got like a screenshot of like, oh, I'm on this Forbes list or whatever. I understand why people chase it, but a lot of it is absolutely worthless, right? Like it doesn't yeah, really Yeah, it's, a, it's an opposite anything. signal in a lot of cases. It, especially in our space, exactly, yeah. And if I you agree. can't like exceed that organically, then like That's you're true. masking the signals of the market that are actually yeah. gonna help you succeed. That's true, oh, 100%. Please don't spend uh, money on that. Yeah. yeah, 100%. All right, so let's get on to CES. I haven't read through this whole thing, but Just I did say- Just walk through some of the items and we'll Yeah, the one them. one of them I can see. So flying cars are coming back sooner than you think. Did you see this one? You guys, uh, Aska revealed their A5 flying car at pre-order price of seven eight nine thousand dollars Wait, 78, 78,000? 800 grand, 800 grand. 800 uh, do you know what, who posted this? Um, Pump's brother. Uh, how I saw do you this. spell the? How do you spell the? Here you go, brand? man. Can you see this? Can you guys see a picture of yeah, this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yo, let's go through this thread. Actually. It's probably I mean, it's not, not a flying car, thread, is it? It's not a flying car. Looks it's like a helicopter. helicopter. Let's be All right. Crazy. All right. So how? We... <laughs> Hold on a second here. Uh, wait. Let me see the specs. A. Okay, dude. There's this. This thing's go. Um. You know what? Uh, do you remember when the spat craze happened? There are a bunch of these. Uh. These. Uh. Uh like helicopter type uh, flying flying car type vehicles mm, yeah zero the, uh, percent interest rate vehicles yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 what's this one all right so this is a three grand wireless tv from displaced the 55 inch tv wireless. weighs 20 pounds oh what? that's kind of baller dude. that's actually pretty good i can where see would the wireless you, boys where would you what, what, what's the use case for that that you're imagining no take it to the beach or something <laughs> yeah <laughs> Doesn't this feel like a, a Dell boy and Rodney exactly. sale exactly. Uh, trunk? This is Only Fools and Horses, the show we've referenced many times, but uh, the best UK comedy show of all time is just these two market traders. You can imagine them just selling Slinging this these. down the market, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, got next? a wireless TV. Here you go. All right. BMW revealed their BMW iVision D concept. Who's naming this shit? Come on, man. Yeah, what is it? Bad. The car's See, this awful. one. Okay, this one. iVision D? Come on. Hold on. We mentioned, oh, so it changes colors, right? This is what we mentioned. You're talking about, you know what this is? This is purely for the 7,000 journalists on the ground. So they write fucking puff pieces about it. Yeah, and yeah. And, and the yeah. automotive industry concept thing has been going on for a hundred years. Like yeah, yeah. people putting together some like extremely economically unviable thing that turns heads <laughs> yeah. and then like get stories written. It's like more organic links to bmw.com so you can buy a three series, mm. right? Get you on yeah, that yeah, 250 a, a month. Love that. At least. Wait. Wait, Bilal, can you roll to my, go to my Twitter and uh, can you play the video of the self-driving stroller? Oh, I saw that one actually, that yeah, was good. Yeah, this one, this one got pretty well, big, so let seems me kind ask of funny. Wait, here about we go. this. Uh, one more down, yeah, there you go, play that. So for the listeners, there's a company called Ella. They're actually based in Vancouver. Uh, they built a self-driving stroller, a husband and wife couple, it's called E-L-L-A. <laughs> So, okay, I know you're thinking, you're like, this is insane. It's a self-driving stroller. Okay, the key is this. It doesn't work if somebody's in the stroller, okay? Mm, it, it, it can read whether or not there's a baby in the stroller. 
It's meant for when you take the kid out of the stroller mm. and then you've like went shopping and now you have your hands full. So, Jack, let me ask you about this. Do is that a use case? That is a use case, right? Like one time a month, you'll be you were out with Ford, you were pushing the stroller, you had a bag of groceries, and then fuck, he's crying and you had to pick him up and you had to move the stroller. And it was difficult. Yes Could or no? Do not to stand in place. I think maybe, but it's also just yeah, it's also like probably you have to be in perfect conditions, right? It's like if you're in a shop with an elevator or something, it's like, well, now what do I do? Like, there's just, <laughs> how intelligent is this thing? Like, how does yeah. it know where it's going? And That's anything with a baby, you gotta be the, yeah, it's in you front of be the them. most careful. It's in front of them. How does that work? It's yeah, like reading their mind. When's it going to turn? Is it going into the road? Like a lot of this CES stuff is like that. It's like, hey, with, here's a demo of our product in like a condition that, yeah. does not exist in the real world here it is going in a straight line down this polished concrete hallway not for me honestly but i was gonna say we should do a not an episode but a segment on man the technology in the design of like strollers and things in general there's a couple european companies that are so sick like you buy this thing and it's so modular that it becomes like a ride for two and then you put the skateboard on the back and they've got Dude, all these little modules i would love to a, find good, out yeah more. i mean good enough we we, we like for christmas we got this little uh uh trike and this thing is so modular like you can put a 18 month year old ki- 18 month old kid in it and it will grow with them up until like six. Yeah, you change the like position dude. of the, it becomes a pedal thing. Then it's like, you can lock the thing so it doesn't steer. It's like the industrial design that goes into this stuff and grows with the kids is like phenomenal to the point where that design philosophy should be applied to a lot more industries totally. and products in my view. Well, speaking of cross industry innovations, let me give you one quick fun fact fan about strollers. <laughs> you know how the stroller is so easy to fold? Like the strollers like one click fold? Yeah, yeah. You know like the, that the original design for that one click fold came from the airplane wheels when they pull up ah, and down. That's how, sick. like like how they can fit and turn and, and, and when on takeoff and landing. So that was the original uh uh, uh or idea for that. Well, let me show you, like, boys, I'll just do a quick screen share of, look at this, Trung, you're going to love this. I don't know if this was uh, about when you were, uh, when your boy was, was young, but look at this. This is a car seat with wheels on it. Oh my God, dude. So you literally, you just get it out. You press a button, it turns into a straw in one button. And then you like press a button, you kick the wheels out Little and it's a car seat baby again. Transformers did you, did you thing get, going on Did you get on this? Here. Did you get my this? parents bought us this, yeah. And, and uh, this... Uh, Man, we're getting like real dad mode on the part <laughs> yeah, here. Yeah, I know. Love it. This is, the, this is the thing I was talking about, this scooter. How sick is that thing? Dude, how so, much is that? 250? Yeah. Yeah. Let Ten me go. This is how you know you're getting old, boys. There we I go. Know. Let, me, uh, <laughs> let, me, let me go on a quick rant about car seats. Oh my God, bro. Car seats. Okay, they're good. You got to you ha- you have them. You got to do but it. The thing that my wife, I don't know if this is the same in the States. I, I'm guessing it is. But when I found out that you couldn't resell car seats, I understand why, right? You, you, you can't, I understand why, because if you go car crash, it's been compromised. But man, I know my car seat is in 100% condition. I know I spent a G on that thing. And you're telling me there's no secondary market? I think that car. might be a, I think that might be a uh, Justin Trudeau rule right there. I don't know if that's the case over here. Okay, well, I mean, 
But it's a, I mean, part, it. it's, it's a, a good idea. Like, like bike helmets, verify, right? Can't verify whether or not it's been in a crash. And I'm guessing most people on Craigslist aren't being the most honest all the time. So, yeah. All right. That's a. Uh, that's a good yeah, that's a good there uh, you go and i'll say i was while you guys were talking i read through another cnet article which was doing a roundup and honestly there wasn't too much that i was like oh that looks amazing i like this, the little sensor the the um, what was that the sensor in the toilet that's like constantly that gathering health data yeah, yeah. yeah oh I, that was the one i was just about to say that was the only one and i didn't read the full thing but what do you want to what, talk what about? Is that? What is that one it? called? Let's give a shout out to I'm them. I'm pulling it up. I'm pulling it up right now. One second. Celia had a good question cool. on that when Withings. I was telling her about it. She's like, how does it know who's who? Well, oh, oh, I think it probably app. knows. I'm going to tell you. Or basically the composition of your... No, yeah, no, probably. Because it probably no, no. gets used to one. No? Go on, try. I saw... I read it. You're going to laugh. I, I, read a, uh, I read a research paper on uh, imaging of uh, people taking shit. It's called the anal. <laughs> wait, wait. The somebody clip that. Somebody clip that. Yeah. You guys are gonna. You guys are gonna laugh. So it's called an. An. It's called an anal print. It's like a fingerprint. Everyone's Jesus got a Christ. One. No, this is like. Hey, that's good. That's good security. If you see the phrase. This is medical terminology. It's called an anal print. <laughs> anal print. That's ridiculous. All right, CNET. All right. By the way, we'll talk about CNET in a minute as well. But so this is uh. the Withings U Scan. Uh, I guess because they Wivens have like the scale, like the scales, the smart scales, and I th do they have like a little uh, Fitbit style thing as well? Um, so they're like smart devices or whatever. But yeah, so it says this is the one you're forever, talking about. Yeah? We're gonna yeah, live we forever with this stuff. It will read your pee. That's actually interesting. If I don't know what it actually shows you though. Did you? Well, I think I'm assuming that anything they can test for in your, like cycles. when you go for your annual physical, you give them a sample, mm. right? I'm assuming there's some correlation with what they're testing for in that. Because you got all the, I mean, obviously there's some uh, controversy around the one, the blood test, at home blood test with yeah. old um, Holmes. But uh, I don't know, it's, it'd be interesting. And I think the, there is something interesting about like a metric that isn't purely based on movement, right? I would assume that the like internal stuff has a much longer, or has an ability to predict things much sooner than like yeah, the yeah. stuff that's happening as like biometric yeah get you get you yeah i mean it would just be interesting i didn't read enough about like what it actually shows you but you're right i mean yeah when you go to the doctor you do like a blood test and a, well you don't always do a piss test do you but like if something's wrong no you might should ask you, to you do should that. I think. To be fair, I haven't been for a few years, so I need to get on my list, mate. That's on my list. The annual physical. Take care of yourself, bro. You don't want to be like a dude. We got a franchise to build here, man. There we go. Yeah, go. You don't want to. You don't want to be walking down a street of a random city and then crawl for thirty meters because your back blows out. That's true. That's true. We end up on a on a sofa like you there. All right, so boys, let's do the last one. Yeah, real quick. Yeah. Trung, how's your back holding up? I'm good. I can I can walk through this open ai stuff yeah I'll, I'll share this one tweet that you put out uh, this is probably what is this relevant to what you're about to talk about yeah let's do it so do you want to just read it out or share kind of the yeah, so this one? picture yeah. taken i wonder so let me uh, <laughs> let me walk through quickly my oh you cut off there trung trung you cut off for a minute say that again uh, can you guys hear me yeah can hear you gunk all right, so OpenAI founded, I think, in uh, 2015. Uh, uh, seed investors included uh, Elon Musk, Reid Hoffman, founder of LinkedIn, and uh, uh, Sam Altman, former president of uh, 
Y Combinator, the CEO, is a nonprofit. It's for the development of artificial intelligence tools. Uh, and uh, the, the reason it was meant to be a nonprofit was because uh, they thought that the, the, the tooling should be democratized. Uh, that changed in 2019. Microsoft put a billion dollar investment into OpenAI. Uh, they did it largely with Azure credits, so like cloud credits, uh, basically a billion dollars worth of cloud credits. Uh, I'm sure some of it was just straight cash. And then obviously, as we've covered last episode, we covered, uh, we did a deep dive on Barely AI uh, startup I'm working on. I love that one of the Telegram people went, oh, wow, 50 minutes of trunk shilling. Really, yeah. <laughs> I didn't say that. Wait, That's hilarious. wait, uh, Jack, did you get a chance to listen to that episode? I haven't listened to it yet. I am going to, though. Yeah, well, been... you, you guys got, well, I know, Jack, uh, for the listeners, uh, I appreciate the feedback. We, uh, that video is actually our YouTube video, which we didn't even promote. It caught fire, and uh, it's actually doing decent numbers. But uh, uh, I know there's been a lot of criticism of the Barely AI landing page. I would love to have Jack to just do a full teardown. Yeah, let's do Jack? let's do let, well, let's do a live one. I mean, we could do yeah, a bonus do episode right if you want. Yeah, well, we'll do it next week. We'll do it next week. Do you want? Uh, I'll do it next week. End. All right, all right, cool. Uh, and do, do, yeah, we'll 20 do minutes the Jack Butcher teardown. Jack's already recommending the name. He's like, Trump's name's not going to do it, but uh, we'll get we'll get to that next week. But um, so now uh, in 2019, Microsoft put in a billion dollars, and then as we've seen over the past three to six months. OpenAI has exploded. First, their image uh, a creation tool, Dolly, uh, took over in the summer, 2022. And then obviously, ChatGPT uh, has taken over the tech Twitter, tech news media over the past three months. So Microsoft, uh, according to Semaphore, as of last night, this deal may not go through. So if, uh, if this comes out on Wednesday, we're recording this on Tuesday. The deal right now is for Microsoft to invest an additional $10 billion into OpenAI. Uh, this is crazy. This is like a Kevin O'Leary Shark Tank structure. Microsoft gets 75% of profits until it recoups its $10 billion investment. And then the- Mr. Wonderful deal, mate. Mr. Yeah, Wonderful deal right a there. Mr. Wonderful deal, right? 75% of profits. So uh, to be that's 75% filled. of profit, that means uh, OpenAI would have to make to that might be for billion. a long time because if it's yeah. profit, it's not revenue. Dude, that they might 12, not be profitable for a long time. Twelve to fifteen billion in profits, right? That's how much OpenAI would have to make for Microsoft to recoup its investment. Just as a reminder, Uber has never turned a profit in its entire existence. Like over its entire aggregate, it has not made a profit, right? Not to say that OpenAI is like Uber, but the idea that you could turn a fifteen or twelve fifteen million dollar profit is not easy, right? But let's say that happens, that world happens, that OpenAI does that. Uh, then Microsoft now owns 49% of the business and the other investors own 49%. And then this nonprofit company that OpenAI started with, they still have that parallel organization. It gets 2% of, uh, of the entity. And the last thing I'll add is, uh, we mentioned this last week, is OpenAI's structure caps returns for investors it was originally a hundred times. Uh, I, I doubt anything will make a hundred times from uh, thirty billion. Like it, that'd be a three trillion dollar company. So that cap probably isn't relevant now for Microsoft. But that is the situation. And then we'll let's bring up our friend uh, Ben Tossel, uh, uh, who has become Mister AI. So Ben <laughs> had a great tweet, and uh, he's he's actually on Bilal's podcast, the Creator Lab. Soon, yeah, coming out so, next Monday. If you guys want to listen to it. Absolutely. So Ben uh, wrote this in response to uh, the uh, Microsoft funding news. 
the real AI winner is Microsoft. Uh, it put a one billion into OpenAI in 2019. It owns GitHub, which released Copilot, the AI-powered uh, coding assistant, which is killing it. Uh, Dolly, the image uh, generator, powers Bing Image Creator. Uh, Volley, which produces an AI voice uh, for uh, output, is something that Microsoft just released. They're putting GPT chat into Word, PowerPoint, and Outlook. And then they're going to wow. power Bing with GPT. So those things are all happening. Uh, I'm going to throw it to your well, I would also show this visual, which is key here, which is the wolf <laughs> of GPT Street. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty good. I mean, um, you can't argue against what they're doing, man. They're, they're absolutely smashing it. What they're doing well, is... Well, Bilal, you, one of you guys threw another tweet there, which uh, about... about uh, uh, Bilal. So, full disclaimer, <laughs> Bilal is a former employee there of we Google. Go. He threw in our in our three-way chat. This is it's so funny that Bilal put this in too. Yeah, it's yeah. so funny of all of us. Bilal's the one that posted this. Bilal, I can think you it's please the, it? Yeah, so for people who are only listening, this is from mostly borrowed ideas or borrowed underscore ideas on Twitter. I didn't verify any of this, but it sounds about right. This is Google correct. paid Google paid $650 million to acquire DeepMind in 2014. OpenAI is currently valued at $29 billion. OpenAI's revenues is in tens of millions, which, again, that might change very quickly given their trajectory. Uh, but still, tens of millions is actually pretty good for a brand new company that's just basically put this stuff out very recently. DeepMind's 2020 revenue was $1.13 billion and was profitable, although Google is probably the main customer. And that was, you know, it was basically a poll around how much people think uh, DeepMind should well, be worth. Well, actually, go through that hey, poll. Boys. That's crazy, man. One go on, Jack, go on. One fifth of respondents thought it was worth more than seventy-five billion. Yeah, Jack, what are you about to say, Gun? I was just going to say, what I think is an interesting way to think about the deployment of this stuff. When you talk about Microsoft Office, that's got to be ninety percent of word process. Like, talk about like normie distribution for for a product i would think it's 10 times bigger than google docs or whatever. like the application you know, I don't actually, of ai that's a good oh, oh application are you talking about number of people using it or yeah i'm saying like microsoft plugging that into microsoft word is like you know you go from like this tech twitter tool that like you know a couple hundred thousand nerds are talking about to like your nan pressing a button in microsoft word saying like generate response to this thing feels to me like that's like the least sexy portion of um, the software landscape, right? It's just like bog standard word processing. Yeah, like everyone's using that, yeah. Everyone has Microsoft Word outside of like, you know, like corporate use of Microsoft Word, I imagine is higher than Google Doc. I don't know what the numbers are. Dude, I saw the number. I was, yeah. I was absolutely blown away. I think Google Doc has like, 10 to 15% market share. I was going to say 12, yeah. That's what yeah, I was reading. I was, I was absolutely blown away by that because like you said, we know we are not the normie distribution. I do everything in Google Docs, but like, bro, but I think that's also the, but that's paid though. That's the thing. It's like, if you think of users, it's probably way, because it says oh, here 2 billion enough, people enough. use yeah. G Suite, which includes Disclaimer, you know, disclaimer, Bilal is a former... <laughs> <laughs> bags no, no, are heavy, I just, heavy no, no, Google no, bags. <laughs> no, I will say no, but the, the other thing is a lot of these are free users. And then secondly, um, the big one is education, actually. Like all schools, 
universities they, they've basically been running on google docs for a long time uh, yeah, you know sure. what gmail too man is, gmail, is don't underestimate exactly. that like the exactly yeah yeah that would be good we need we need to, you know what we need we need a jamie on this thing pulling up data yeah well we got me yeah, man don't worry Look yeah. at Trung on it. Trung's every, got it all up. Everyone's uh, who's watching on YouTube. Every time it says Trung's iPhone instead of his face, that means he's googling the yeah. shit. Out of <laughs> well, Bilal, let me actually drop this from the thread that you found. I love that Bilal found that thread. Uh, so, uh, mostly bored idea, right? Uh, for all the, and he makes a good point, right? For all the adulation that Satya and Microsoft is getting for OpenAI, it was Google who acquired DeepMind for a steal. Uh, interesting. I about think that's about, a good point. I think, yeah, go on, Trung. I want to talk about say, it after, but go on. Yeah, interesting about the Google deal in 2014 was that uh, uh, Facebook offered two times as much for DeepMind, but they wouldn't allow uh, uh, Dennis uh, uh, Hasebi. I got his name wrong, but he's Dennis Hasebi. Sorry, Dennis, if I got your name wrong, but uh, DeepMind's founder and CEO, who's a genius AI space, he wanted to keep his London uh, uh, office, his uh, office in London. You guys probably knew about the DeepMind guys, yeah? Blah, yeah, what yeah, yeah. I'm from well, I was just with someone who's uh, was talking to me about this at Christmas, and they've got a, I don't know if I've given too much away, but a tenant that lives in their house is an ex-Googler. His tenant is now living in his place, works at DeepMind, he's an engineer. And they were t I was talking about what all the opinions are of what's going on and essentially the cons and i've spoken to a few people from google since then as well the the consensus it sounds like is just they're saying you know deep mind stuff internally what people have been playing around with is on paper what people are saying is as good if not better than the stuff we're seeing but the the key thing is is it's only internal right so like I've, you know what i'm about like if until you've put it out to let random people use it it doesn't really mean much at the same time, like me and Trung talked about last week, if Google had put this stuff out and someone takes a screenshot of a racist result or something like that, like Google, that's why they haven't done it because it's very difficult um, to make sure it's ready for the public. And then two, obviously it's like the innovator's dilemma thing. Me and uh, Ben talked a lot about this in the Creative Lab episode that Google's business model is based on ads. So if you start showing people the answer straight away, that messes up your core business. So. But the interesting thing is, I mean, the, the stuff here is like, like you said, like they're actually on paper profitable, even if that means Google's the one paying, you know, it's like an alphabet company or whatever. But I do think two things can be true. Like they can both be amazing, like investments slash acquisitions, right? Like I think the what we see on Twitter is, oh, look at Satya Nandela, he's like a genius and he's killing it. And like, like there's some tiny little startup who've just figured this out. They're like Microsoft. They're like the second or third totally. biggest company in the world. Well, to well you, the thing I want to add, sorry, sorry, go ahead, Jack. Uh, your question is probably going to be closer to this conversation. So why don't you go first? All right, I'll just, I'll just drop <laughs> one last thing on the thought of it. It's like, uh, I know, uh, to, I wanted to jump on Bilal's point. I know that the, uh, from what I've seen on just Twitter, I know that the people at DeepMind are like Demis Hasebi, that, that, that's the founder and CEO of DeepMind. They are just like, they are so itching right now because it's so competitive, right? And like you guys, you guys remember DeepMind? They they open source a lot of the research. Yeah, they that's what was a lot of the ChatGPT and a lot of the open oh, yeah, stuff was built off the of open DeepMind. source thing they put out in I think 2015 or 16. Yeah, all and the research that they've done, right? Like they they, they did Transformers for the large language models. They did uh, like AlphaFool for figuring all the human proteins, which was a huge deal, and they made that all available. But you remember these guys were getting all the press for the last couple of years back in the day, yeah. And 
And Demis now is just like, oh, he's just, Altman's getting all the love. I know, like, in his guts, he's just like, oh, just let us release something. Yeah, completely. Well, the other question, I think, and I'm speculating here, slash whatever like i think there's definitely discussions happening at google to say should we be re-releasing this stuff open source like if they were doing this all over again would they have released this open source or would they keep it for themselves and i think generally if you look at google's history they're open source company like they did that with chrome they did with android they've done it since we know another 50 other versions of that but that was when they were on the come up right like it's very different when you're now the third fourth biggest company in the world and this is a massive growing space that you want to own as much of the market as you can. Like maybe that that position changes and you shouldn't be open sourcing stuff and basically allowing your competitors to use what you've done. Um, so I think the, 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 to finish my thought, what I was going to say though, Trunk, was I think it can be, both things can be true. Microsoft are absolutely smashing this play here. At the same time, DeepMind is also like, you know, best in class in what they do. So and if you extrapolate this out to like five, 10 years, I think there's going to be Google, Microsoft, OpenAI. There aren't going to be many other players who can really do it at this level because just the, the money needed essentially for the compute power and the capabilities oh, yeah. of that part of AI is only really, you only have a few companies in the world that can really compete on that, right? So I think that's one part. Um, and so I, I think this this kind of like one company wins, the other messes up sort of narrative is a little bit too simplistic. Right. I think both companies are probably in a good position, though one will end up probably taking 80% of the market. Let, like, let me add one last yeah. thought on this before Jack segues us into the last, last thing for the episode. So Ben Thompson, who is who's obviously mentioned here at least once a month, he wrote about yesterday about how AI will affect all the big five tech companies. Uh, he has some interesting thoughts, some of the ones that we shared. Uh, he said Facebook's really well placed, uh, especially around recommendation and uh, like the human like psychology, like trying to apply AI to that because of how much data they have around that. So that's interesting. The other one they have that's super interesting uh, was talking about Apple and how big of a win it was for Apple for Stability Diffusion to come out. So for those that don't know, Stability Diffusion is a full open source AI uh, uh, organization. Uh, Jim O'Shaughnessy, a friend of the show, uh, he's the chairman of, uh, of that company. Uh, so uh, Stability Diffusion, what they've done super interesting is that they can run their AI models because Palau mentioned that these AI models are super compute intensive. But Stability Diffusion has actually been able to shrink uh, the compute ask of uh, its, uh, of its uh, AI platform. And you can just do it on device. So you can like put it locally, on your laptop. Right? Yeah. yeah, you don't even need a, a cloud access. Uh, yeah, you can do it locally. So this is a massive win for Apple because Apple's been working, as we've talked about for the past, since we started this podcast, we mentioned it frequently, it's like they have their own chip stack, right? And one of the most powerful things with down the chip is like on phone ML, unrelated to the cloud locally. And now they have this tool, uh, this AI tool that you just run on uh, a super powerful chip. And that's exactly what they've basically been gifted is what uh, Ben Thompson said. So yeah. To Bilal's point, there's going to be very many winners, different winners in the AI well, uh, race. And and uh, sorry, Trung, I just want to ask specifically on the OpenAI versus Microsoft before we round out with Jack. If those numbers are correct, which I don't know if they are, but let's say DeepMind's revenue was over a billion dollars and it was on paper profitable and they bought that company for $600 million, 
I feel like that's something that's kind of not even being talked about almost, that's right? That's a YouTube level deal. That's a YouTube that's, that's, caliber it deal. Might be even better than YouTube long term for what it's gonna do. Yeah, they're gonna be able to extrapolate that into uh, other parts of the business and and sell it in the future as well. So. I mean, I think it's kind of in a football analogy. I think what Microsoft are doing right now seems great, like this massive deal. They're going to take 49% ownership, but it's we're already talking in the valuation of 29 billion, right? It's not like yeah. oh, you just yeah. found this random guys in Oxford or something, and they're this tiny little startup. It's kind of like a football parallel is what Chelsea is doing. I have to talk about it once every week. Chelsea right now about to pay about 20, 15 million euros for you this guy Joao Felix right and it's the most ridiculous deal everyone is like how the hell why would they pay for this guy it's like six months loan and it's like all right you're going to get a good player but you're paying the price it's not uh, like you're yeah, getting yeah. a good pick you know you're not like finding you the diamond in the rough from the when he's 18 youth division and he's not like price, messy right? running yeah. around age six you're buying so, the top buying the top Wait, yeah. Bilal, let me ask you one last thing before Jack can you tell me about this Holland guy all I'm saying oh, is that yeah. he's a monster absolute beast what's the going Jack, have you seen uh, Erling Haaland? He's the Man City striker. He's Norwegian guy. No, I he's don't think so. He's smashing no. records, right? Oh, yeah. He's basically going to break all the Premier League records probably this year. And he's 21. And Why he's is just, he so good? Is he just I mean, he's huge? like a Viking, man. He's like six foot something, <laughs> strong. You just He just hangs out in the area, just barges people and bodies them. Yeah, I, like, read, I read somewhere that he's not like a super... He's not like... Obviously, he's skilled, but he's not like Ronaldo... Or messy skill. Yeah, he's, he's not a, like a dribbler he's, like he's that way. He's like a classic striker physical. vibe. Yeah, he's just gonna body you and bang it in the net. <laughs> any and uh, any historical parallels of Premier League players below that he well, gets compared um, to? I mean, I would say he's a mixture of. Uh, this is coming off the top of my head, and the, for the three people who like football enough yeah. to know this <laughs> reference, I would say it's like an Alan Shearer nice. meets Mark Viduka meets Robbie Fowler. No, because heard, these are like some old That's school class. players. Who's the striker? Yeah. Robbie Fowler, man. Robbie Fowler. <laughs> Finisher, yeah. <laughs> go on, Trung, go on. Wait, no, Bilal, there's a striker that was like named Van... Some, Eric, Van, Van Eric? Percy? Van Percy? There, there's Van a guy Nistelroy. they called Van Nistelrooy. Yeah, they called him the Tapping yeah. King. They're saying that... I read so I saw somewhere that uh, Van uh, Holland is everything Van uh, Nistelrooy wanted to be. <laughs> Van Nistelrooy was a beast too, to be fair. But no, Holland is basically breaking all the records, and he's kind he's kind of a freak of nature, and he's only twenty one. He's also playing in you know the best, well the second best at the moment, you know, because Arsenal's top top of the table. But Man City are like incredible, right? So he's playing in a superstar team, and he just bangs in goals every week. But anyway, so that and, was uh, kind of my uh, he football reference a, for the week. He wouldn't have got a World Cup call up, right? He didn't. But the the funny, the interesting thing is Norway as a country, you know, tiny country on paper, on but paper. two of the best, two of the best um, players in the league, uh, Odegaard, who's the Arsenal captain, is also Norwegian, and Haaland is the best, probably the so, best player in the league, Haaland's and he's Norwegian. So maybe that's a uh, maybe that's an early buy, right? Yeah, now. yeah, yeah. Yeah, the Norway long term. If they just get enough pieces in their team, they could be like you know challenging in, you, in a few years. The crazy thing about stuff like this is like all the kids watching, all the Norwegian kids watching him play now. They're getting like, inspired. Th yeah, they're gonna be they're gonna be putting in a few extra minutes on the uh, jumpers exactly. for goal post. Well, yeah, yeah, jumpers for. Well, the last thing is his his dad Trung used to play for Man City a long, long time ago. Ah, I didn't know that. Uh, Alf Ingi Haaland, I think, which, funnily enough, my brother-in-law yeah, is Norwegian, 
and I think went to school with him or something. So he was telling me these old stories of being in Norway, skiing to school. They would do like cross-country skiing to go to school. Can you imagine that? Uh, and uh, yeah, man, pretty crazy. That'll be a good fun fact fan, break down the Norwegian economy, man. Like their, their oil reserves and the crazy stuff they're doing uh, in tourism. Sh- we should do oh, that. Yeah, like their, their wealth fund. Exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, so I think Tr- Jack's, uh, sorry, Trung's back's probably going to give out soon. So we probably should wrap it up here but anything else on that boys before we before we move on i had something but we'll do it next week yeah yeah if you want to wrap it up you can mate yeah no, no, no. it's a very like right, cool, cool. Lofty, we'll save it. like monetization of ai thing which we need a <laughs> all right cool for. cool let's save it then for next one well, there's gonna be a few more ai episodes uh, again thanks again for being there trunk thanks for coming yeah, through with the with the sofa <laughs> setup uh jack a few days after having a baby second one coming through uh you guys are legendary we're doing for it doing for that, NIA mate, fam, so. man we're doing it for nia fam. yeah yeah 100 100 all right and we'll see you guys next week appreciate it. hope the new year's kicking off well and we'll see you on the next one cheers